Amen, everybody. You may be seated. Awesome. Thank you, worship team. What a Sunday. So um, I'm, I'm super excited uh, this morning because we're going to be launching into a new series. And uh, how many of you were here for the Wait For It series? How many of you were all here for So let me just tell you, the, the Wait For It series, this is what I was waiting for. I was waiting to preach this series. I was like, God, I am excited to preach what you have for us in, uh, in the new year. And um, I think that, that if you will open up to receive what God has for you this morning, I believe that what we're going to, to explore and what we're going to experience this morning is going to be transformative in your life if you'll absorb this and take this in. This is, my, this is going to be my theme for 2019. But before I tell it to you, before I give you the series title, I want to just read the passage to you. Uh, this, I, you know, I know I say this almost every time. I think this is my favorite scripture in the Bible. I really do, um, at least today. But uh, I, I want you to just soak in uh, the moment that God is speaking to uh, Joshua, uh, and we're, we're going to explore who Joshua is, in this passage when he's in, encouraging Joshua to take some steps forward into the destiny and into the plan that he has for him. Let me read this to you. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. It says this. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, somebody say servant. The servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, say aid. All right, let me just stop right there. I'm not going to do this on every verse. But notice how God introduces both Moses and Joshua. He, now, now, Moses was the greatest lawgiver in the history of humankind, besides Jesus. He was the greatest prophet to have ever walked the face of the earth at the time that he was on the earth. He was a general, he was a leader, he was a commander, he was one of the greatest human beings ever to walk the planet, but notice how God introduces him as a servant. Joshua was going to take Moses' place as the leader of all of Israel. Notice how God introduces Joshua, Moses' aid. Let me just tell you something. Servanthood is the prerequisite for leadership. In God's kingdom, if you want to have authority, it begins with assistance. It begins with your willingness to serve somebody in an area of your strength, in an area of their need to the glory of God. Come on, somebody. Hey, it's just us today, so we can amen, we can flow, we can just get with me today. Now, I'm not going to preach on that, but I just wanted to point that out because I will come back to that at another time. Uh, so they're introduced as service, as servants. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you. He, he immediately turns the corner. He says, Joshua, listen. Moses was amazing. I honor him. I love him. He did incredible works on my behalf. Moses is dead. Your turn. Moses is dead. Now then you. Sometimes he's saying we've got to release some things from the past in order to move forward and advance into the things that God has for us. Sometimes we've got to release in order to advance. Sometimes we've got to let go in order to grasp on to what God has for us in the future. So he says, Moses is dead. It's your turn. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan river into the land. I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. He said, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. How many of you know when God is for you? It doesn't matter who's against you, all right? 
Nobody's going to be able to stand against you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And then he gets into some instruction. Here's what he wants Joshua to know. Here's what he wants you to know. Here's what he wants me to know. Here's what he wants his church to know. He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Somebody say strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Joshua was either a little bit hard of hearing or God really wanted to make a point because the next verse says, hey, Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be very careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always upon your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and you will be successful. And then guess what he says to Joshua one more time. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen, somebody. I would be remiss if I didn't title this sermon series Strong and Courageous. I mean, come on. I mean, he's just, he's just setting it up there for us. He's saying, look... Some of you in, in 2019, you need, you need to put some stuff to bed from 2018. And, and there's some stuff for you to step into in 2019. But in order to get there, be strong and be courageous. We have a little, um, I guess I would call it a ritual in my home whenever we're trying to leave the house. Uh, and, and if you come from a larger family or you have a large family, um, you know, when everybody's trying to leave the house at, at the same time, you're all trying to get out the door at the same time. People have different kind of time tables, time zones. You know what I mean? Like not everybody, it's not just a seamless flow out the door is what I'm trying to say. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like it can be a little bit hard to get all the troops out the door at the same time. And I have my general job in that period of time, usually, is I'm usually standing at the front door, and my job is to sort of, I wouldn't say bark commands, but I would say gently encourage everyone to come to the door, let's just say. And so my job is, is to stand at the front door and go, all right, come on, everybody, let's go. Come on, come on, guys, let's go. Come on, let's go, let's get moving. We're gonna be late, let's go, right? That's my job. Now, my wife would say that the reason I have that job is because she would take that job, except she's been busy, you know, getting all the kids' shoes on and getting their shirts on and getting everybody ready and their hair combed or whatever. But, but that doesn't really fit in with the story that I'm trying to tell today. So we'll, we'll just pause on that. That's for a different sermon about serving your wife well, but it, it doesn't apply here. So, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm standing here uh, trying to get everybody out the door. Um, Rebecca is, 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 you know, just changing the shoes to make sure they match the hose to match the dress a couple times just to make sure that flow is right. And again, it's because she's already put everybody else's shoes on, putting that caveat in there just so we know. And um, Jameson, my 10-year-old, is usually either over by the piano and he's like kind of tinkering around trying to figure out a new melody that he heard in his head last night. And he's just like, and I'm like, come on, man. And you know, he's kind of like, he wants to come, but the draw. And um, uh uh, let's see, Lincoln, Lincoln usually, my eight-year-old, he's usually putting the final touches on like some piece of artwork that he's, and he's got one shoe on, one shoe untied, laces hanging out, coat, one sleeve on, and he's just, he's like, I'm coming, dad, and he's like, got to finish that, right? Um, Eden, my two-year-old, she's just kind of clueless. She's, she's, she's picking lint out of her belly button. She doesn't even know. She's just like, 
what? What are we doing? And um, Augustine, my four-year-old, is, is usually on my timetable. So he kind of stands there. He's ready to go. He was ready before I was ready. He's standing at the door, and he's got his little brow, you know, ridge going like this. And he's standing there, and he's like, yeah, come on, let's go. What he said, you know what I mean? So anyway, we all get, finally, we all get out the door. But it takes some prompting. It takes some, some encouragement, some urging to get out the door. In this passage, what God is saying to you, and he's saying to me, and he's saying to the children of Israel, he's saying, guys... We've been wandering around the desert for 40 years. There's a promised land that I promised to your ancestors years and years ago. And now it's time for us to move on into the promised land. It's time to let's go. It's time to take that step. It's time to move into some things that we need to move into, to, to take some steps that we need to take, to, 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 to not be afraid, to take on some strength, to muster our courage, and to step into what God has for us in 2019. How many of you want 2019 to be a little better than 2018 was for you? I mean, even if you had a good year, even if you had a good year, right? All of us have some things that we want to move into. We want to, maybe we want to grow our relationship and be a little bit better in our relationship. Maybe we want to grow in our faith and in our strength and, and, and understanding scripture and allowing God to shape us. Maybe we want to pursue an education in 2019 that we dropped years back and we need to pick it back up and take some steps. Maybe we need to pursue some business opportunities or career opportunities. And God is saying, look, I've got places for you to go and I've got a destiny for you and I've got purposes for your life. But in order for you to cross that river, and step into what I've got for you. I need you to be strong and I need you to be courageous. So what I want to do for the next few moments today, and this is for all of us here, and this is even for those of you who are cuddled up in your warm home today uh, uh, and you weren't able to get out. Um, I just, I just want to say that God is calling us to this, 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 this goal of strength and courage, and it's not reliant solely upon us. Because the, he's actually the source of our strength. And he's, a, he's actually the target of our courage. It's through our faith that we can have courage and confidence in him. But I want to draw out for you what it looks like to move into this strength and courage that God has for us. So I'm going to do, for all you visual folks, I'm going to do a little grid. Just like this. Two axes. axes. This one is going to be our strength axes. And this is going to be our courage. Now, the further you move up this axis, we're going to put a plus sign up here, and this is going to be called strength. And I spelled it correctly in the first service, and I'm going to spell it correctly in the second service. Somebody say amen. Look at that. All right. So this is, the further we move up this axis, this, this, this is an indication of strength, okay? Then we're going to call this axis courage. C-O-U-R-A-G-E. Courage with a little plus sign. God is saying, look, Joshua, here's where I want you to go. I want you to go high on the courage axis, and I want you to go, I mean, high on the strength cat, uh, axis, high on the courage axis. I want you to be in this quadrant. But how many of you know sometimes, sometimes you can have strength without courage. Sometimes you can have courage without strength. Sometimes you can have no strength and no courage. I mean, there's a lot of combinations. There are four combinations here. But let me define the terms for you, because when we're, when we're going to be talking about this over the next four weeks, I want to define these terms so we all understand what we're talking about. Strength is the ability to take meaningful action in life. It's, it's the ability to actually accomplish the things that you're trying to accomplish. It's the ability to take meaningful action, 
to do to accomplish the thing that you're trying to accomplish, all right? And it's a little bit different from courage because courage is the willingness to take meaningful risks. Courage means that you are willing to to take the step even though you might fail. Courage is, is I'm gonna go ahead and take the step and do what God's called me to do. I hope I have the strength. I believe I have the strength, but I know I have the courage to do it. Now, the problem is sometimes... Sometimes all of us will find ourselves in this quadrant where the courage is high, but the strength is low. Anybody ever been there where you had a little more strength or you had a little more courage than you had strength? You thought you could do something, but you actually didn't actually have the ability to do what you thought you could do. And I'm going to call this quadrant, I'm going to call this failing, failing. Anybody been there? You don't have to admit it. This is, this is where you, this is where you think you're going to be able to do what you wanted to do. But you actually, you don't have the ability. You don't have the capacity. You don't have the strength. You have the courage, but you don't have the strength. You're high on courage, low on strength. My, my, my four-year-old, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to use him this morning. He's, he, he's, got, he's got a heart of a lion. This kid is very high on strength. I mean courage. He's very, very high on courage. He's got a heart of a mountain lion. He will, he will tackle anything. The problem is he's four. Okay, so he doesn't, he doesn't have the strength to do the thing that he thinks he can do. And we were riding bikes the other day. Uh, it was like, remember that day a couple weeks ago when it was 60? It was amazing. So we all jump on our bikes and we're riding up this big hill and his two older brothers, Jameson and Lincoln, 10 and 8, man, they, they're on their bicycles. They've been riding bikes for years. They whiz right past him. Augustine is four. His bike is like this tall. The wheels on his bike are like tea saucers. I mean, they're just little tiny. And, and you know, but his heart says, I want to keep up with my brothers. I want to do what they do. I want to have the strength that they have. That's what his heart says. That's where the courage comes in. But he's, he's got the bravery. He just doesn't have the brawn. He just doesn't have it yet, okay? And so we're riding our bikes up this hill. And, you know, they're flying up the hill. And I'm trying to kind of hover back around Augustine. And I hear a cry come out of his mouth. And it's not the cry of someone who's physically wounded. It's the cry of wounded pride. If you have older siblings, you know this cry. You've cried this cry when they beat you at a foot race or in chess or in wrestling or in music or whatever it is, right? It's this cry that comes out of him. He's, it's, it's like, ah, ah, and you know, and I hear it and I look over. He's pedaling his little, you know, foot and a half long legs as fast as he can, trying to catch up with his brothers. Tears are streaming down his cheeks. He is fighting for it. He wants it so bad. He's really high on courage, but he's just kind of low on strength. So I said, hey, son, one of these days, you know, afterwards, I said, one of these days, you're going to be able to catch up with him. You know, it's not a lot of comfort in that moment, but I'm trying to let him know. He's high on courage, low on strength. How many of you have been there in your own life? Or you like, you tried to do something, you wanted to achieve it, you thought you could achieve it, you reached for it, you took a shot. And you came up short. You didn't have the, the capacity. You didn't have the ability. You didn't have the strength to do it. Maybe you tried to start a business and you got your little business cards and you got your little website and you got your Facebook thing and you got everything dialed in, right? And then nobody bought the thing you were selling, right? Now you've got a big stack of business cards and you don't know what to do with them, right? You got a defunct website. Maybe you were in a relationship and you were trying to, to stretch and become the man or the woman that God was calling you to be, but you dropped the ball. Maybe at one point you were pursuing an education and, and it just became overwhelming. You had the courage to try, but you didn't have the strength to follow through. 
And you end up right here in this failure mode. And you're going, man, I tried, but I failed. You know, Moses, when he went down, uh, before he uh, left Egypt, when he was, he had grown up in Egypt, you remember, his, his, his mother was the daughter of Pharaoh. And Moses uh, saw that his, his brothers and sisters, his Hebrew brothers and sisters, were being persecuted and oppressed as slaves in Egypt. And something rose up in his heart. And it was courage. And it was righteous indignation. And it was a hatred of injustice and oppression. And he said, I want to do something about this. Remember, he was a young man. If you've read the story, he was a young man. He said, I want to do something about this. And he went out and he saw a, an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave. And he came up and he killed that Egyptian and he buried him in the sand. And in his heart, he was saying, I want to change a system. I want to change a system of oppression. I want to free my people. He had the courage, but it turns out he didn't have the strength. He might have had the strength to kill one Egyptian, but he didn't have the strength to turn that tide around. In fact, when when it was discovered that he had murdered that Egyptian, he realized that it was his lone strength against the strength of the state of Egypt. All of the governance and all of the police powers of Egypt were now against him. And he realized that he had failed. He realized that his courage outstripped his strength. Some of you know what that feels like. Some of you are in this quadrant right now where you keep trying, you keep seeking, you keep striving, and you keep dropping the ball and you keep failing. And what can happen to you is what happened to Moses. Because when Moses discovered that his strength was actually way down here, not where he thought it was, his courage began to slide right down this scale. And he ended up right over here in this quadrant. And I'm going to call this quadrant hiding. Hiding. This is where we go sometimes when we realize that our strength is not as great as we thought it was. And suddenly our courage begins to flag. We start to become discouraged. We start to become afraid because we failed enough times that we want to start, we want to start backing away. We want to start withdrawing. We want to start hiding because we don't want to risk failing again. The pain of failing is too great. And I would rather not try than try and fail again. And we end up in this zone, the hiding zone. In the 1960s and early 70s, psychologists came up with a term they called masking. Masking is when, we, when, when we've been harmed or we've been hurt or we failed or we've had some negative experience. And so we learn to put on a mask. We learn to hide who we really are. We learn to, to hide the, the thing that we're striving to be and striving to do. We start to back away. We're in hiding. We're masking because the, the pain is too great and we can't try it again and because we're just afraid that it'll hurt too much. This is what, and people mask with all kinds of things. This is what people do when they fail repeatedly. Then they begin to mask. We can mask with all different kinds of things. We, we can mask with, with, with drugs. We can mask with alcohol. We can mask with pornography. Uh, we can mask with uh, uh, binge watching uh, friends, okay, on, on Netflix or whatever it is, whatever yours is. Try to keep it light for some of you, but, but you know, or we, we overwork or we, we overspend, whatever it is, we, we put on a mask. We stop allowing ourselves to be seen for who we really are. We stop trying to step into what God really has for us because the last time we did that, we failed. And so now we're in hiding. Some of you are in hiding. Some of you have somebody in your family who's in hiding and you know they're in hiding and you know you're in hiding. It's like you don't want to stick your neck out again. 
because you don't want to get it chopped off. And so in, in, the, in the mixed martial arts world, they call it turtling. It's when you basically, you cannot stand up against the opponent any, any longer. And so you, you just duck and cover. You just hide. Some of you, that's where you've been in 2018. You received so many blows in 2018 that, man, you just want to retreat and you want to hide. Your strength is down. Your courage is down. And you just go, I, I, I can't do this. This is what Moses did. After he failed, the scripture says he left. He went out to the Midianite uh, a desert. For 40 years, he hid. He had the desire. He had the, the goal. He had the aspiration but he re- realized he didn't have the strength and then he lost the courage. And he ended up driving a, a little herd of sheep for his father-in-law out on the backside of the desert. This is somebody who would become a great warrior and a great general and a, and a, and a great prophet and a great uh, lawgiver. And he's on the backside of the desert where nobody can find him, nobody knows him, and he's hiding, right? Some of you are there. You've been there. You know what the experience is like to just hide, to not, not fight anymore, not even try. You're just hiding. Another quadrant that we can find ourselves in is this quadrant right here where we're high on strength, but we're low on courage. Now, in other words, we have the capacity, but we just don't have the courage to step into the thing that God wants us to do. I call this quadrant wasting, wasting. How many of you ever, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you know somebody a friend or a family member, and you just, and you go, man, that guy or that girl has got so much potential. Oh, they've got potential. If they would only recognize it, if they would only have the courage to step into what God has called them to do and what God has called them to be, if they would only do it because they've got the ability, they just don't have the courage. They've got the capacity, they just don't have the courage. They've got the brawn. They just don't have the bravery, right? This is where, you know, if you remember the story of, of, of Moses, uh, when out, out in the desert, he'd been out there 40 years in hiding. And one day God came to him in the form of a burning bush. And he said, Moses, I want you to go down to Egypt and I want you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. I want you to fulfill the mission that you had on your heart 40 years ago. I want you to pursue what, I, what, what you wanted to pursue 40 years ago. I want you to go after it, Moses. And if you remember the story, Moses kept saying, yeah, yeah but God, I can't do it. I, I, I just can't do it. I'm afraid. I can't talk, I can't talk right. I, I, people don't think I have authority. Uh, nobody's going to remember me. Nobody's going to listen to me. How, are, how can I do this? And if you remember the story, God kept saying through the burning bush, kept saying, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You're just going to come along for the ride. I'm your strength. See, it's in, in, in your weakness that my strength can be made manifest. So don't tell me you're not strong because I am in you and I'm strong. I'm the God of the universe. I will do what needs to be done. I just need you to use your mouth and have courage and go down and do what I've called you to do. You remember that? So in that moment, Moses has all the strength of the universe in his heart accessible to him. He just doesn't have the courage to go for it. This was the case also with the, uh, the Egyptian or the Israelite children after they were released from, uh, from Egypt, remember? God said, all right, we got you out of Egypt. Now I'm gonna take you into the promised land. I'm, I'm not just delivering you 
for the sake of being delivered, I'm delivering you because I've got a destiny for you and I want to take you into that. And if you remember, they all said, uh, we're, we're afraid. We're afraid. And God says, yeah, but I'm with you. But I, I've already promised this to you. Like, this is yours. I'm going to preach in a few weeks about how when God says, I will give you, another way to read that in the Hebrew is, I gave you. Because it's, it's from your perspective, it's future. But from God's perspective, it's done. Right? When he says, I've got the promised land squared away for you, I want you to go in, right? He's saying, it's done. Just walk it out. Just live it out. And he's calling them into this, and they were afraid. And so for 40 years, 40 years, they're wandering around the desert, wasting their time, going, well, uh, should we go in? I don't know. You know, I'm afraid. They had all the strength of the, of the God of the universe behind them, but they didn't have the courage. In the, in the early 1990s, you know, there was the, after the Gulf War, uh, they, they took these Humvees, you know, the Humvees that they used in the war in the desert, and they would kind of go through all the terrain, and they commercialized them and made them available for purchase for, for all of us civilians driving around, you know, in the suburbs. And, um, and so, you know, I remember when they came out, it was, the, it was sort of funny. I mean, they're, they're kind of cool looking, let's just be real. But, um, but, but you look at them and you go, wow, that thing has the power to do a lot more than to drive to Target this afternoon, right? You know, it's got all the strength in the world to do all kinds of things, but it's just kind of puttering along down to, you know, down to the golf course and back to the home and then, you know. So, so what God is saying to us and, and he's saying to the Israelites, he was saying to, to jo- uh, Joshua, he was saying to Moses, he's like, you've got all the strength that you need. I'm giving you the power. Don't waste it. Go for it. You know, Christians for years, for decades, Christians have made the, the terrible mistake of focusing on this, solely on this moment of salvation, the moment of deliverance, as if that's the finish line, right? Where it's like the whole goal of life is just to get saved. It's just to get delivered, right? That's not the goal of life. He delivers us to put us on a track towards our destiny. He, the children of Israel were delivered not just, it's great to be delivered. It's great to be free from the, the slavery of sin. It's great to be free from bondage. But not just so you can wander around. We're freed in order to, to help others become free. To go deliver some things. To transform our, our world. Jesus said it like this. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now we're the body of Christ. He's saying, look... I'm delivering you in order to be a, 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 a source of deliverance to the world around you, a source of freedom, a source of strength. So he's saying, I want to get you out of the wasting and into what I'm going to call thriving, thriving. This is when the walls start to fall down before you. This is when the obstacles start to be cleared out of your path. When you're willing to step into the the places that God is calling you to go. This is when things start to clear out and you start to see a path. And you start to step into who God has made you to be and designed you to be. You see, he didn't just make... Your life is is not merely for survival, subsistence. 
You're, that's, not what you, that's not what you were made for. He designed you to fulfill divine purposes. You individually and us collectively. And what he wants you to do is to have strength and courage, to be strong and courageous so you can begin to thrive in the areas that he's gifted you to thrive in. So that you can be a source of strength and hope for other people. So that you can begin to be someone who's actually living out the destiny that he has for you. That he had for you from the beginning of time. He's calling you to thrive. Through strength and courage. Let me read you these, these scriptures struck me as I was going through this passage. Because throughout this, these nine verses, he peppers in what it's going to look like, what the outcome is going to look like. He says, I will give you, in Joshua 1.3, I will give you every place where you set your foot. That's thriving. That's moving forward. That's stepping into what he has for you. Joshua 1.5 says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. So he keeps saying, be strong and courageous, and then this. Be strong and courageous, and then this will happen. Be strong and courageous. In verse 6, he says, you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous, and then you'll step into what I've got for you. Joshua 1.8, he says, and you will be prosperous, and you'll be successful. You're gonna, I'm your strength. I'm your source of courage. I want you to step into this. Now, here's the reality. It doesn't mean that you will never fail. It doesn't mean that you'll never fail. You will fail. Spoiler alert. You will fail at times, right? But your failure won't lead you just to hiding. Your failure will be a stepping stone towards your future. You will fail forward. You'll start to say, oh, okay, I didn't have the strength or the ability. I'm going to start to discover and, and, and develop that. And then I'm going to deploy that so that I don't stay in failure. It doesn't mean that you'll, you'll never retreat, all right? There will be times of retreat, but it won't be for the sake of hiding. It will be for the sake of, of spending time with God and, and being enriched by his scripture and being enriched through prayer and meditation and, and growing more robust so that when you step back out onto the battlefield, now you're wet, rested and ready to go. It doesn't mean that you're always gonna have to expend all of your strength all of the time. There will be times where you'll, you'll basically have more strength than you're using, but it's because you're going to take a Sabbath and you're going to rest and you're going to enjoy God's presence and you're going to enjoy what he's got for you so that you can step back out and do it again. And he's saying, look, I want you to step into this. If you're here today and you are desiring to step into more of what God has for you in 2019, his word to you is be strong and be courageous. Now, if you're like me, you hear those commands and you immediately want to go, okay, but how do I do that? How do I get strong and how do I get courageous, right? He gives us a little key right in, packed in the middle of the scripture and he actually peppers it all the way through, but I'm going to read one verse. Here's what he says. Joshua as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. What this means, this isn't a step one, two, three, and you can get it done, right? This is, wait a minute, God is with me. Like he was with Moses, he's with me. Like he was with David, he's with me. Like he was with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and Peter, 
and Paul, like he was with them, he's with me. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Like he was with Esther and Deborah, he'll be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. In 2019, the beauty of being strong and courageous is not to just muster your own strength and have courage in your own ability. It's to recognize that the God of the universe is with you. He's present with you even now. Worship team, why don't you come help me close? Here's what I want you to get. He's not only with you when you're thriving. It doesn't matter what quadrant you're in right now. He's with you when you're failing. Did you know he was with Moses when Moses was killing an Egyptian and burying him in the sand? Moses was committing murder and God was with him. Doesn't matter how many times you failed. God was with you in those failures. He's with you now. Just because you fail him doesn't mean he fails you. Just because you turn your back on him doesn't mean he turned his back on you. Just because you were running from him doesn't mean he's ever run from you. He says that even while we were far from him, even while we were sinners, yet he died for us. He was reaching out after you. He was chasing you down when you were doing your dead level best to get away from him. When you were failing, he was with you. When you were hiding, he was with you. When you're turtled up and you don't know what's going on and you're feeling anxiety and you're feeling, you're experiencing depression and you just feel paralyzed because every time you've tried to move forward, man, you've gotten knocked back and you just don't know how you're going to possibly move forward again. And so you're ducking and covering and you're masking and you're, 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 you're trapped in the cave of your own fear. He's with you. David said, though I make my bed in hell, your spirit is with me. I can't escape from your presence. Doesn't matter what you've seen, what you've done, what you've experienced. He's with you in your hiding. He's with you in your wasting. You know whether there have been times in your life where you had capacity to move forward in meaningful ways. You've had the ability to do it. You just haven't had the courage to do it. Man, you can be filled with shame and remorse and guilt from moments like that where you go, what's the matter with me? Why can't I just do what I know I'm supposed to do? Why can't I just take the step? Because I'm afraid. He's there in your fear. He's there. He's with you all through this so that he can take you into this. He wants to see you transformed in 2019, not just for your own benefit. This doesn't, the Christian life doesn't end with us. We cross the starting line of deliverance so that we can cross the finish line of destiny, so that we can go after what he's called us to be and he's called us to do. And he's calling each and every one of you into that this year. Every single one of you into that this year. And his promise is, I'll be with you. I'll be with you every step of the way. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Let's stand together. As we close, I want to I want to pray for each and every one of you. I want to pray for us as a church family, as a community. I want to pray that you will experience the presence of God like you've never experienced it before. That you will actually come 
to the full knowledge of his grace and of his mercy and of his love in your life in 2019 so that you can achieve what he's called you to achieve you can become who he's called you to become but not by your own strength not by your own courage but through his let's pray father thank you thank you for this morning thank you for getting us safely here thank you for those who weren't able to make it but who are watching this on online God I pray for each and every single one of us today I pray that you would fill us with your presence let us have the full knowledge of your grace your mercy your love and your power in our life that we might step into the destiny that you've called us to step into that we would have strength and we would have courage individually and collectively to be who you've made us to be let us not wander in the wilderness any longer let us cross into the promised land let us step into the promises that you have for us let us step into your purposes for our life let us step into the destiny that you have for us let us break through the barriers let the walls fall down and let us take the territory that you have said is ours father we trust you we put our hope in you we put our faith in you all of our confidence rests in you father we praise you we pray that everything that we do and say would be to your honor to your glory and by your power we pray in jesus name and everybody said amen amen, amen. god bless you have an amazing week, and we will see you next Sunday. Love you. Amen.